Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Cassie. And we are The, the Thrifty, Thrifty Couple. From thethriftycouple.com. And we are the authors of the new book, The 2% Rule to Get Debt Free Fast, and the accompanying workbook as well. All right, so this is our first podcast. And the name of the podcast is Take Back Your Finances. And so, you know, we thought it would be pretty important for this first podcast to discuss what it means to take back your finances. Well, I guess if we're going to call the podcast Take Back Your Finances, we better define terms, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think that maybe what we should do is start off who we are okay. and why we know about what Take Back Your Finances really is because we know what it's not, right? Yes, yes. Good idea. Okay. So, yeah, so we're going to tell you about who we are. You, you go ahead. Well, whenever we tell the story, we always share that we are also... We are known as the thrifty couple, but we always we haven't always been the thrifty couple. In fact, what do we used to call ourselves? The unthrifty couple. That's right. <laughs> the uh, very unthrifty couple. Uh, in fact, it started uh, when we were on our honeymoon. Uh, we had when I was trying to check out of the hotel on that Friday. I still remember the morning very clearly. I remember the card was swiped, and uh, the gal said to me, uh, "Your card didn't go through. Do you have another?" And uh, one thing led to another, and we had to get a loan to check out of the hotel. Uh, I can't tell you the fear that was spreading through my mind and through my body. Uh, if you've read the first chapter of our book, uh, you, you see that detail. Yeah. And uh, we I'm not going to let too much out of the bag, but if you go to the very end of the book, uh, you see us in the same hotel uh, many years later yes. uh, with a much different story. But, you know, that... that Getting a loan to check out of the hotel started us down a journey uh, of getting ourselves into over $108,000 consumer debt. That's, yes. That's a lot. <laughs> and, and you'd think that the fact that we had to get a loan to check out of our hotel on our honeymoon would have been like a giant red flag that we would have like halted the brakes right then and said, wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you going down this path? But that wasn't the case. <laughs> no, it wasn't because actually um, we got a huge credit line and we saw that as a big savings account. Yes, that loan was not... Or not a savings account. I'm so sorry. A spending account. A spending account, account. Right? Yes. Yeah, when we got that loan, we just needed an extra few hundred to check out of the hotel. But they had approved us for several thousand. And uh, so we saw that as, oh, we have a lot of extra money. Um, to use to finish off our honeymoon and to furnish our apartment when we get home. <laughs> That's right. So a few years later, um, we when we found ourselves into that amount of debt, uh, we were going down the path of payday loans, that huge cycle. If anyone, if any of you have ever gone through that, you know exactly how hard it is to get out of that. Mm. Um, we, we really were just days, if not weeks, away from declaring bankruptcy. Yes. And we found out on a Mother's Day morning of all mornings, something that just totally rocked our world. Yes. Um, we had actually been dealing with infertility for four and a half years. Um, we had been wanting to be parents, wanting to start a family. Um, and so we had like kind of two different ideas going on. Like one, we were holding on to the hope that we were going to be able to have children one day and dreaming about that future. While on the other hand, having this idea that we should do everything we want to do before we have kids because, you know, everybody seems to think that once you have kids that life just comes to a halt and we, you know, wanted to have both worlds all at once. 
Um, but that particular Mother's Day, four and a half years after we had been married, four and a half years of that it took us to accumulate $108,000 of debt, we woke up that Mother's Day to a positive pregnancy test. And it was an amazing day because it was a day that we had wanted so badly. But you see, what's really crazy about that is it was one thing for me to be in that much debt. Mm. It was something else for myself and my wife to be in that much debt. But to be bringing a young life, a newborn child into that, all of a sudden we woke up and we realized, wow, there, we, we need to do something. Yes, yes, that, that was our turning point. And you know what's crazy is before that, you'd think that other things would have woken us up because we were at a point um, with our own bills and our own debts that we were 60, you know, 90, 120 days late on pretty much everything. Anything from the utilities to our rent payment to um, our debts. And right. so we were playing a game at that point of which one of these debtors is screaming the loudest at us. And that's the one that we will pay this month because we were at a point where we could not afford to pay all of them every month. Um, and so we woke up this Mother's Day and that shook us to the core because we realized our dream was finally coming true, but we were going to be bringing a child into a situation where we had nothing. Um, we, we literally had nothing and we owed $108,000 of debt. Um, and that's just, you know, the principal balances. That's not talking about the interest that we had to pay every single month. The interest, which at one point had reached a, a peak of $1,200 a month in just interest. $1,200 a month in just interest. I mean, that's like baffling to think about that that's where we were. Um, and so, but the story doesn't end there, right? <laughs> no, it, it doesn't end there. And I, I was just thinking of another story that, you know, we haven't talked about for a long time, but. Uh-oh, what's that? <laughs> well, I just remember being there, just something else. I'm not even sure if it's in the book, but you remember we decided that we deserved, before that morning, we deserved to go out on a quick weekend trip and we didn't have the money for it. We were in the payday oh, loans. Oh, yes. And so we wound up going to different grocery stores. Yes. And we found out we could only write a check for over $40. Yeah. And we, we so for $4 back of cash. So we had to go to three or four different grocery stores to get enough. I mean, that's yeah. where we were at. Yeah. we Yeah. I totally remember now that you I remember us running around town. Because it was before, it was when checks were being widely used. I mean, you could be saying that and some people listening going, what are they talking about? <laughs> but we used to write a check because it would take a few days to clear. Well, we found out Walmart was the first one yeah. that wasn't Walmart doing stopped that. doing that a while ago. That's right. Yes. So anyway. But, at that, but most stores besides Walmart, um, they would take them a few days to clear the checks. This was yeah. like, you know, in the 2000s. <laughs> that sounds like a long time ago. But so, um, so we could collect enough money, writing enough checks to have cash so that when the checks went through, our paycheck would have been um, deposited by that point. So a lot of the reason we share this is because we want to share that we really have a good understanding of what it's like to essentially have no hope. I remember sitting uh, in our trailer and I remember thinking to myself many a night, um, that there was just no way 
that we would ever get ourselves out of the hole of death that we were in. It felt completely hopeless. And it, it, it was terrifying. It was. it was a terrifying place to be in life. Um, but it became immensely more terrifying when we found out that we were going to be parents. Yep. And so I want to share that part about how once we got to that point. But I want to share that we understand when, when families say that they don't have hope that they can get out of that hole that they're in. Yes. We know that hole too well. We yeah. know what it's like to not see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. But we want to share that there is a way out. Yes. And so let's start sharing what we did and yes. even how we started off our failures too as well. Right. So and, and really, you know, that's why we wanted to start like this podcast is so we can really dive deep into the subject of uh debt, finances, retirement, investing, earning extra income, you know, basically every aspect of money and the things that we have learned over I would say the past 13 years, and we start, that's how old our daughter is. But really, it's, it's even things that we learned when we were accumulating all that debt. So the past 18 years um, right. of our combined knowledge. And uh, really just talk about these things because we know that pain. and We know how it feels, how empty it feels. And, it's, and it really is a very low place to be. And so our goal is to provide hope and to provide options and to encourage you so that you can, um, you know, get out of the debt that you're in, or even if you're not in debt, to reach some amazing financial feats and some amazing goals in life. And so that's what we're here for doing. You know, and that's, again, I want to get back to this point. That's why we're starting this podcast. That's why we started our website years ago. That's why we started everything that we're doing, um, you know, in we writing our book, um, Every bit of it is trying to get this message of hope out to those who need that message. Yes, yes. Who, who, when we were in this point, and we're going to start sharing how we started to get out of that in a minute, but when we were at that point, I wish there was someone that could have said, this is where we're at, and this is what we did to get yes. out as well. I wish that there was somebody that could have said, I've been there. I know what you're going through. We seem to find a lot of experts that could tell you what to do, but, it, but they had never been there. Right. And it was really hard to relate to them. You know, we really wanted, we really needed somebody just to kick us in the behind <laughs> and say, what are you doing? But, you know, part of the problem was, is that we weren't honest with right. people about where we were either. So there wasn't, so nobody, we, we were good at hiding that we were in that much debt. And we were good at, from the outside appearances, looking like we had it together. Right. And so we really didn't make a way for people to um, say, to give us hope, right? to because give us help. <laughs> how, yeah, how would they know if we didn't yeah. say where we were at, right? That's right. actually a really good point. And, and um, you know, so, something we mentioned as well before is, you know, when we wrote, when we wrote this book, it wasn't, it's not only that to share that step-by-step -step guide how to get out of debt, but as well, we share a lot of the details about where we were at and, and what we went through and, Many of our closest friends and our family members, they don't even know a lot of what's in this book. Well, they do now, uh, <laughs> yeah. those that have been reading it. Um, but we really, you know, that's something else is we, you don't make a big deal of it because it's not yeah. something you share with everybody. No, right? you don't. I mean, it, it's such an intimate, money is a very intimate thing. I mean, nobody really shares anything about their finances, you know. Um, and so whether it's good or bad, but we have found that, by telling and sharing 
that it helps everybody, that it's an encouragement, no matter where you are at in your financial goals, seeing what other people have been through or what they're doing um, can be a massive help. Right. And, and so just that transparency is just, is, is just a gift. Like if somebody was transparent with us, um, I know that we wouldn't have headed, that we wouldn't have gone as far as we did and we would have potentially have stopped a lot earlier and turned it back around earlier. So as we've always said, if we help anyone, it makes everything that we're doing right now worth it. That's exactly right. So, so. well, anyway, so let's go ahead. So going back to that mother's day, going back to that point that we knew that it was crucial. We had, we found our why we found that resonating reason that was going to get us through no matter what it took. Yes. Right? Yes. And we had, we finally had the reason to say, pull out all the stops and make this happen. But we started off what we consider a path that I know has worked for some. And so I, I want to be very careful about how we say that. Um, but we started on a path, on a path that was not sustainable for us. That was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, we started off, we're all familiar with the term, a crash diet, right? Yes. So what do you do? If you're going to do a crash diet, you are going to go out and you are going to just totally you, cut out. You go cold turkey. Cold turkey <laughs> on something, yeah, right? Yeah, you cut out all the carbs or all the, all the sugars or all the calories. Right. Yeah, you just, you go cold turkey. You eat the soup. You have the soup. You know, you eat the soup for two weeks so that you can, you know, lose 14 pounds in 14 days. And what does it say on the very small print on the bottom? Results not typical. Results not typical. Yeah. So there may be some that can do very well on a crash diet approach or when they're trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we did is we started off on what we call the crash diet budget. Yes. And so I'm not sure if any of you out there have heard of this, but essentially you go out there and you define a budget that is 70 to 80% smaller than the one that you currently are living on. Yeah, you, you design this beautiful budget on paper and say, what is the bare bones that we could live off of? And you draft it on paper and say, this is our, our, this is our new budget. This is our new rule that we're going to follow. I almost laugh because it's almost like, you know, making it so pretty and so beautiful that this is the ideal budget. Oh. Well, you're supposed to write it on beautiful stationery. That, that takes that the it? sting away from, you know, the sting of it away. So. Well, we did a really good job for about how many days? Two days, I believe. Ooh, so we right. had a perfect budget on paper. And it wasn't written on stationery. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> it right. was just written on paper, right? Um, but we followed it for two days um, because it was unrealistic and not ideal. And it was, it was just, yeah, go ahead. Well, and we said, well, we, we, we fell off the wagon is the way to put it. And yeah. we said, well, let's start again next week. Yes. Let's start again next, next month. month. Yes. And so we said, okay, we're going to try again. We're going to try, try again. We're not going to eat out at all. We're not going to ever go to the movies. We're not going to so, do anything. We're going to eat rice and beans and we're just going to stick to this budget. It's only supposed to be temporary. So this went on for three and a half years. <laughs> And yes. how much do we pay off in that three and a half years? In three and a half years of very stressful, difficult life and work to do this, we paid off 15K. Right. So, And that was really, really discouraging because we had 90K to go. And so to think, wow, how long do we have to torture ourselves with this? So yes. at that point, we said there had to be another way. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, and it took us three and a half years to finally say there's got to be something different. So I have an engineering background, and Cassie has 
a very good common sense background. And we just sat down and we said, okay, let's figure out a different approach. Yes, because part of the problem, it wasn't just merely that the crash diet approach was unrealistic. The other problem was is that a lot of the books that we were reading and things that we were hearing from other people, it was you do the crash diet approach. You sacrifice and slash your budget, but it's only temporary. So you live like a pauper temporarily. But then the goal is, is once you're out of debt, you can go back to your lifestyle. And like reading books like that now, I, I just want to go, no, that's what, they're going to get right back in the same spot they were in. Well, when we talk to different people, and they're paying off the debt for the second or third time. So many that we have ran into that are in that situation. That's right. That's yes, right. they get in, uh, they get out of debt, they get back in, they're back out, back in, back out. It's just up and down constantly. So we said, okay, there has to be another way. And so we decided, well, what happened? What happens if we try a gradual approach? Now, yes. got to be careful here. We did not call it the 2% rule from the very first. Yeah. We had no idea in the sense that it was going to be anything that we would ever talk about yeah. uh, in any way. Yeah, capacity. we never thought that this was ever going to go public. <laughs> <laughs> and so. we, we just thought we're going to try a small gradual approach every month. Yes. And we're going to try to decrease our budget a little bit the first month we're going to try to use side hustles to bring in a little bit more and then we're going to take that difference and we're going to put that towards our debt yes it, it was just we just looked at our budget and said let's just make one small change one small change each month and you know what the professionals say about habits that it takes what 30 days to develop a habit i almost look like i didn't know what you're talking about <laughs> what? yes we're talking about money habits in this case right but making that small change and applying it for a month and then making the next small change and applying it for a month. Right. Whether that was like, go, we used to eat out a lot. Like eating out was one of our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, today we still eat out and we love it. It's one of our family's favorite things to do. But that's all going to be part of these future podcasts talking about it. Right. But at that time, those meals were going on credit cards. And so for us, you know, obviously the first step was completely stopping credit spending. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the first step. But then it was like, let's just eat out one less time per month. Let's make a small change. Let's, let's you know, get rid of our cable and use different alternatives to cable and get the same result. But for saving $500 a year, just there, there are literally dozens and dozens of these little tweaks that you can change in your budget that do not have a major impact on your lifestyle but they have a major impact on your budget and your spending. You know, and what's so great too about that as well is, you know, it's one thing to have one spouse go to the other and say, you know what, dear, I really want to just get out of debt. Let's just crash our budget. Let's live like no one else so we can live like no one else. And let's just go crazy. And what does the other spouse do? Puts the brakes on, says, no, I don't want to, I don't want to stop my lifestyle. I'm not, I'm not on board with this, right? And, and who was that spouse? <laughs> that was, that was you. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yes. I and was the, I was the brake pedal. You were yes. the brake pedal. You were like, no, I, I don't want to stop all eating out. I don't want to stop all times that we go have a date night or go to the movies or I don't want to stop our weekend trips. And instead, when we moved over to this gradual approach, all of a sudden things changed because yes. we were able to say we, we could communicate back and forth and yeah. say, what small change do we want to do this month? That we could both agree that on. we could both agree on. Yeah. And it, and it worked. 
So it wasn't like, you know, I was coming over here and saying, okay, we're going to cut this out for you and this out for you. But no, we sat down and communicated together and said, what is a sacrifice that we could make together that could have, a, you know, that we could make this month? We were not thinking, you know, like big impact and, you know, we weren't thinking big. We were thinking small. And what was so amazing is that those small changes and those small things that we were thinking, they added up to big change quickly without, you know, without much pain. I mean, there's always work involved. But, there, but compared to what we had been through for the previous three and a half years, it was a breath of fresh air. And we were actually seeing impact. Like, how much impact did we see? A ton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we paid off how much in... Okay, so... Now you see where I'm going. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, in three years, yes. in the final three years, we paid off over $90,000 of consumer debt. Using the 2% rule. Right. I mean, it, it was not something that we thought could add up to something that massive. $90,000 in three years. You just start to see how how that small change just adds up and adds up and gets so huge. And after, again, that three years, your side hustles become even bigger and better. Yes. Uh, you do hit that rock bottom budget. Yes, uh, yeah, you can't, you, there does come a point in which you can no longer cut from your budget. We but, call that the rock bottom budget. But I, I dare say that for the majority of people, they're probably a lot further from the rock bottom budget than they think they are. Right. Because right. we actually, we, we always still, say it today. We still find things today. We do. You know, I mean, we're always looking at our budget and saying, is, are there things that we can cut? So it's not always 2%. But, you know, there will be a service that we signed up for four or five months ago that we intended to use or that we used and no longer needed it. And so when we reevaluate our budget, we're still finding those things. So although we had hit a rock bottom budget at one point, you know, your life changes. And so it's always that process of reevaluating your budget and saying, are there some tweaks that we can make? Is there a small change that we can make this month? That's right. So we got to keep going on. So it was really important for us to establish first our background, our history, who we are, because I want to be able to share that we're going to try to share hope. We're going to try to share encouragement. We're going to try to share real, true uh, steps that people can take to try to take back their finances. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to share that we have who we are yeah. and our background so we can share why we have uh, that credibility to talk about taking back your finances. Yes, yes. Our finances had us in prison and we took them back. <laughs> so so let's, let's start talking about that right now. Yes, so yes. So what does it mean to take back your finances? So, you know... I was thinking about this since we named this uh, podcast, Take Back Your Finances. And I think that there's obviously multiple aspects to it. But um, one that I think is really important is the emotional aspect. Mm. Because I remember when we were in that much debt. Oh, by the way, I guess we never finished the story. We did pay that debt off. You right. Know, 100% of it off. Um, so the 90K in the three years. And so um, that feeling when we were in all of that debt, that emotional um, feeling of feeling like I was literally in prison with my money. Right. And that money was telling me what I was going to be doing. Um, that money was telling me where I needed to spend it. And that money was had an emotional hold on me that I couldn't get rid of. Right. <laughs> and so when your money is like, I feel like when your money is to the point where you are worried, stressed about money, when you're depressed because of your financial situation, 
when you're arguing with your spouse, when you do, when you can't make, you know, when you can't make a, a good financial investment or have the opportunity right. to make a good financial investment, all of those things mean that your finances have taken control of you. Well, I, I think that's really critical is to be able to, and I just totally lost it. I am so sorry. I mean, I mean, just going back to what you're saying, you know, being in that prison, be having having no control. Yeah. And oh, I, was, I know what I was gonna say. You know, depending on the survey, the number one or the number two topic that couples fight about is the subject of money. Money. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So if you're fighting about money, then you need to take back your finances. If you're worried about money, you need to take back your finances. If you're worried about the future, that's another place in which you need to take back your finances. If you are in debt, you need to take back your finances. And so it's basically you having the ability in whatever stage of life that you are in to have financial freedom, to make decisions um, for investments and for your future, to not have to worry about what your future is going to look like. What if there's an emergency tomorrow? What if you lose your job? Um, and it's also if you're stopping the arguments in your home it's stop being worried stressed and depressed mm. um like it's amazing like just meeting people and remembering what it was like for us the emotional trauma that money can bring to you and so if if any of those things um are in your life then you need to learn to take back your finances so that you're telling your finances what to do and they're not controlling you you know and it's not just you know, I think we always think back on that time of our life in which we were in prison. Yeah. When we were scared, we had no hope, we had no, uh, you know, we, we just, we didn't feel like we'd see that light at the end of the tunnel, like we always say. Yeah. But I think there's more than just that. I think there's, you know, taking back your finances is not just feeling like, you know, okay, maybe we're not in prison, but maybe we have some credit card debt. Maybe we have a couple car loans. Um, as long as I don't lose my job, you know, I'll be okay, or those kind of attitudes as well. I, I think that it's as well, not just getting to a point where everything seems like it's going okay, but it, it's as well planning for the future. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, if something happened, if I did lose my job, sure, it may be tough, but we're going to, because we have some savings in the bank, because we've been going through and trying to be intentional with our finances, Getting to a point that we know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And with you kind of giving your idea of what it means to take back your finances, you know, something else occurred to me, and that is, is that taking back your finances is basically a lifelong process. It is. You're in different stages at different times. Um, like we are in a, you know, in a good place being able to look at, you know, the future and investments and those kinds of things, but it's still us taking back our finances in that area. So we might not be stressed or worried or fighting about money or worried if you lose your job. You know, those those were, you know, times that we really needed to take back our finances, but it's still a process that we're going through. Yes. And so, you know, we want to take everybody on that journey um, with us from what we've been through and what we are hoping to accomplish in the future. In fact, that's something we want to be sharing on the podcast. This is not just a get out of debt podcast. We yes. will be talking about how to get out of debt. We will be talking about real strategies, how to cut down on your budget, how to increase your income. But, you know, we're also going to be talking about so many different areas of life. We're going to be talking about how to get rid of your mortgage. We're going to be talking about how to prepare for retirement, how to look at, you know, different investment strategies and find out what's going to be best for your family. 
And how to it, travel the world financially free. <laughs> <laughs> financially, that's right. Yes. And how to pay for college. That's yes. right. So essentially the whole spectrum. Yes. We are going to be trying to tackle a lot of these subjects. And there's going to be times that it's just going to be the two of us. But it's also going to be times as well that we bring on a guest, someone that has maybe uh, gone through that very specific aspect and they're an expert in the field. Yes. And we want to pick their brains to get more information as well. Absolutely. And so really what we're looking at here is, I love how you say that, how that's a lifelong journey. Because yeah. no matter where you're at, no matter where you are, even if you feel that freedom, if you feel that uh, you're at that point where you say, you know, life is good right now. That massive weight when you pay off that oh, debt. That's right. Amazing feeling. <laughs> but, you know, even at that point, there's so much more to learn. There's yes. so much more to do. There's so much more of that journey to prepare ourselves for that next step. Yes. So. Yeah. And so we're really excited about this podcast and super excited to share all of these things that we have learned and are learning. Um, but we're running out of time for this podcast. That's right. So, so we, we, have one, share we have our, one last segment. Yes. So what we're going to do as well is we are going to show a show. We're going to share a 2% tip at the end of every podcast in which we share either a way to be able to shrink your budget by 2% or to grow your income by 2%. Yes. And so we thought, you know, we're starting off at the very beginning. This is episode 001 <laughs> or episode one, depends on your perspective. And we thought, let's start off with beginnings. Let's talk about a good way to find that first month, how to shrink your budget by 2%. Uh, let's start off at where we would recommend and where we started ourselves. Yes. And so where we would recommend that you cut your budget first is... The head smack charges. The head smack charges. Yes. And he just smacked his head. That's right. Boy, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yes. But that's what we call it. Because when you look at your budget, then you realize that you might have some things in there that you are paying for that you do not intend to be paying for. So give That's us some right. examples of head smack charges. Boy, you mentioned it earlier, and I thought you were going to start talking about this tip way back then. Uh, so when you're going through your budget and you are uh, and, and you're walking through line by line, expense by expense, and you say, whoa, we signed up for that? Yeah. And you said, I can't believe we signed up for that seven months ago. We've been paying that each month for this certain amount mm -hmm. and we haven't used it once. I have a photo editing app that I had downloaded um, and I didn't realize I, I used other photo editing and I had been paying that for a few months until we looked at this. it. <laughs> yes, until we said, okay, we need to look at our budget and then right. the charge came through and I said, we need to cut that. Why are we still paying for that? It happens to us. It happens to everybody. There are always head smack charges, and that's a great place to start. You know, we talk about head smack charges there. Uh, there could be other charges as well, um, whether it be maybe a bill. Again, services that you don't use is yes. a really great place to start. And, and so, yeah, those services, those membership fees, um, those maybe a magazine month -month subscription thing, a that magazine, you're not reading. Yeah, uh, anything that's auto renewal, definitely do a double take on that. But another place where you can find head smack charges is in the itemized part of your bills, like your mm. cell phone bill, your cable bill, any of those things. You uh, will see like, you know, a $5 fee for some weird service that you don't even know what it is that's been included in there. You know, those kinds of things are all head smack charges. 
And you don't, on those particular bills, you don't see those fees and those itemized things on your main bill or on the summary of your bill. You have to look at the full itemized monthly charges and look at them. Because we found a few, when we first started this, we found a few in our cell phone bill, a few in our cable bill, um, any of those utilities, all of those kinds of things, you find those things. So, so let's talk about this. So we say cut 2% of your budget. Yes. And so... You know, we use, for an example, a $3,000, you know, someone has a budget of $3,000. Yeah. You know, last month we spent $3,000. 2% is $60. Yes. And so if you go in and you find maybe $30 to $50 of those head smack charges, and then you don't eat out one time, just one time compared to what you did the month before. Or just don't get coffees for a couple of days. Or just don't get coffees for a couple of days. Bucks, right? <laughs> all of a sudden you found your 2% cut. Yes. And all of a sudden, now you take that money that you would have spent elsewhere and you can put that towards your debt or whatever financial goal you have. Yeah. And again, you wouldn't think that that would have a major impact. But even on a credit card with a high interest rate, paying $60 extra just for that one month will have a huge impact. And after you see it happening one month, you want to just keep going. But remember, <laughs> that's only half the story. That's only half because the story. Because not only do we have the 2% cut, but we also have the 2% increase. Yes. Which means if you are, say, $120, $150 extra to put towards your debt or whatever else it is, just for the first month, that is a lot. It, it is. It really is. It is. So if you want a head start on finding some more 2% cuts or some ideas on your 2% increase, Pick up a copy of our book, The 2% Rule to Get Debt-Free Fast, or head to our website at thefiftycouple.com. But we will continue to share a 2% tip at the end each episode so that you can uh, cut that budget and increase that income to meet your 2% goal for the month. And uh, just to remind you as well, um, we are so excited to be out here and uh, be broadcasting and just be sharing to a new audience, to a new medium. And uh, just to be sharing a message of hope and uh, real act, act, actionable steps. And uh, if you've liked and enjoyed this podcast, we'd encourage you to come over to iTunes and to leave a comment, a favorable comment, and just saying how much you enjoyed us. So, yes. And the content. Thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to meeting with you next time and talking all things money so that we can take back, back our finances. finances. That's right. <laughs> we'll have to get back and get a little bit better at that. That was future. our first time attempting That's that, right. right? That's right. We didn't talk about it before. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you, everybody.